Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Monday's edition of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, and excuse that noise. I was putting down the iPad. What is going on? Hopefully, you had a credible and incredible weekend. Uh, it was beautiful here up in the north. It was beautiful down in Florida, where I just got back from late last night. So I do apologize for the episode coming out just a little bit later than I would like it to have. But little rest is much needed for me to bring the same energy that I always do to each and every episode. But nonetheless, I feel good. I feel excited to be back in studio to bring you more Murph's Boston Sports Talk and more YouTube exclusive content in this coming week. Uh, Thank you so much for understanding uh, the Thursday special that I uploaded on Thursday, of course, with no Friday episode involved this past week. I think my dog just jumped off the couch, so excuse that noise. But nonetheless, nonetheless, it is good to be back on a consistent, regular schedule. Uh, it is freezing cold, I gotta tell you this. I do not miss this cold-ass weather here in New England when it was beautifully 80 degrees each and every day and every damn night. But with all that said, all that aside, we have a locked and loaded episode to get to hence the beginning where it was click click but here we go with our quick hits hits. after some serious contemplation which for past couple years it seems like and kind of has been drew Brees officially announces his retirement from the national football league at the age of 42 he spent 20 years in the nfl with his first five with the san diego chargers and the last 15 of them with the new orleans saints obviously he is known and well-recognized with his time in New Orleans and kind of forgotten about his time in San Diego. However, an incredible career nonetheless, well-deserving of an of all, of all the respect and all of the honor that he has deserved. He has an NFL record 80,358 career passing yards. He has an NFL record 7,142 completions. He has an NFL record 54 consecutive games with a passing touchdown. And he was Super Bowl 44 winner, champion, and MVP when the New Orleans Saints beat the Indianapolis Colts all those years ago. My goodness, this this kind of sucks. This really does kind of suck because quarterbacks these days, the good ones, are far and few in between. And Drew Brees was a great one. He will forever be a fan and league favorite the dude just did nothing wrong like you'll come across great quarterbacks or quarterbacks with great talent and they're just assholes (laughs) they're just jerks right i'm not going to name names or anything but i'm sure everyone can kind of pick one out but drew Brees was a nice guy he was so liked and he was so respected he was a wallen pater man of the year award winner um he had that patch on his shoulder he's a community guy he helped out the city of New Orleans when Hurricane Katrina ran rampant through um, the entire area. I think that, yeah, it was like 2005, and he just got to the team uh, very recently, and he was already making an impact in the community. And obviously there's a gazillion other examples, doing food drives, pantries, donations, toys for tots, all that stuff. Just Drew Brees, an impeccable man, uh, someone that will be dearly, dearly missed by the league, the NFL, and its fans. But congratulations, Drew Brees, on an incredible career, well-deserved, and I hope retirement with your kids and family are happy and amazing. But 
Let's move it over to Tom Brady. The news about Tom Brady, where he has signed a four-year extension with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This move was solely to decrease his 2021 cap number so the Bucs are able to pay their guys to retain them this year, or this coming year, I should say. He did just sign a two-year, $50 million contract last offseason with the Buccaneers. Now he signs a four-year extension with them so the Buccaneers can move some money around, play with some money so that they can retain as many players as they possibly can from this past year's Super Bowl winning team. Of course, um, why wouldn't they want to do that? The Buccaneers were up against the cap. They just signed Levante David. They just put the tag on Chris Godwin. So money is tight in Tampa Bay, but moving Brady's money around a little bit is definitely relieving for the Buccaneers as a franchise. This is not a first-time thing for Brady. Brady has done this countless times, especially in New England. This is a selfless move. This is why the Patriots were so good for so long is because that Tom Brady was able to kind of put the Patriots in a position to sign players and bring good players in. He always took less so the Patriots could pay other people. Hence why, like I said, the Patriots were such a success for 20 years. Brady's doing the same thing here in Tampa Bay. Obviously, he likes it, or he wouldn't have signed that extension. He loves Tampa Bay. They just won the Super Bowl, and he's giving back to the... Well, he's not really giving back. He's helping the Buccaneers with their situation. Obviously, when that cap number gets way too high come the third or fourth year of that contract, he probably would be retired by then, and therefore the cap would just dissipate. So, good, smart move by Brady and the Buccaneers. Uh, happy that they're hopefully going to be happy that they can bring a lot of their guys back because that team outside of Brady is very good and very nice. So we'll see what the Buccaneers do with that money. If they want to bring back Fournette, if they want to bring back Gronk, we'll have to see their situation. Obviously, they're tagging Godwin, but we'll see if they're able to sign to a long-term deal or not. But moving to the Patriots, though, really quickly, Patriots traded offensive tackle Marcus Cannon in exchange of a mid- and late-round draft picks with the Houston Texans. So Cannon and a late-round pick go to Houston, and the Patriots will get a mid-round pick back. Haven't heard or hasn't been disclosed on what the picks are. I'm assuming it's Cannon in a seventh for probably a fourth or a fifth in return. Um, one of the reasons or one of the main catalysts for this move by the Patriots is Cannon didn't report to the Patriots for a physical and a workout after opting out of the 2020 NFL season due to COVID-19. Players were able to opt out bunch of Patriots players did obviously one of the reasons why their claim is why they sucked is because they had so many opt-outs but you know different story different day Marcus Cannon did not report when all the other opt-outs needed to report for a physical and a workout so Bill Belichick was like all right F you and he shipped him out to Houston which is a shitty terrible team but but very questionable move for the Texans because they have two good offensive tackles already Laramie Tunzel and I forget the other guy's name but you know just from what I read he can play the inside as well so I guess they'll throw tackle um, cannon on the right tackle and then that other guy on the inside somewhere Patriots saved 6.3 million on the salary cap by trading cannon so this is a very good move for them it, you know just gives them more and more cap money to spend and use this offseason to hopefully rebuild that team to its glory days or I guess I should say two years ago glory if that's a thing right I love the move. I really do, especially the way um, you got uh, – oh, what's his name? Trent Brown back. There we go. Trent Brown back. You have Isaiah Wynn still. Uh, Michael Onwenu can go to the inside now. 
Marcus Cannon was just, you know, the odd man out. So instead of, you know, just cutting him and saving the money, you're able to, you know, exchange picks and move up a little bit in the draft. So, hey, all the power in that move. That's a very good move by the Patriots because the Patriots, as I go over and switch over to our actual topics for this episode, kind of needed to make this move because, hey, $6.3 million, that's a that's a contract for a player for one year or maybe, you know, a two-year deal that can be this price tag for a player that's actually going to make an impact where Marcus Cannon isn't going to make an impact, especially where he didn't report for his physical and his workout. So it's very odd that the Texans would want to kind of trade for him, giving what Cannon hasn't done, per se. But nonetheless, A-plus move by Bill Belichick. Don't think Marcus Cannon will be missed at all. But moving over, like I said, moving over to our actual topics for this episode, we have the one... The only headline, well, not the one and only, but a massive headline from over the weekend where the Patriots agreed to a one-year contract extension with quarterback Cam Newton. This deal is worth up to $14 million. I don't know the fine, minute details of it. It's not really an extension, I guess, so I kind of misplaced my words there. But one-year contract, bring Cam Newton back. A lot of analysts, a lot of people love this move. Me? I personally didn't want Cam Newton back, but now that it's here, I have a different perspective out of it, and I'll happily give it to you. I think Cam Newton can still play quarterback in the league, as awful as he did last year, as much as he couldn't throw last year. I still think he has the skill set, the playmaking ability, and just the overall capability of being a good NFL quarterback, and I honestly didn't think that he was going to be with the Patriots this year, or I didn't really think he was going to show it this year. But that still doesn't decide the fact that he can be. There's a big difference between what I think and what can be. And I think Cam Newton can be. And now that he's with the Patriots, I hope he can be. Right? So there is a difference there. But what does this mean for the Patriots moving forward? So I've been a huge advocate of the Patriots to draft a quarterback with their 15th overall pick. Trading up to get a you know quarterback. Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, whoever. Seems like um, Zach Wilson's going to be off the board more than likely because the Jets will take him. And obviously, you know, bearing the Sam Donald trade there. But with Cam Newton back for the 2021 season, that gives you Cam Newton and Jared Stidham on the roster. Now, Cam Newton, in the report of his contract deal or his contract agreement with the Patriots, is not promised the starting position. The starting position. Thank you. Now, obviously, going into last training camp, it was, you know, who's going to get the start? Jared uh, Jared Stidham or Cam Newton? Cam Newton's on a cheap deal, so it's a low-risk, high-reward. Jared Stidham's looking good a year under Brady. Is this his year? Could he be the guy this year? And clearly wasn't. But when Jared Stidham did get some playing time against the Chiefs and a couple garbage-time games, he looked pretty good. I think he looked really, really good. And bringing back Cam Newton, who a lot of people like. A lot of people like the way he carried himself this year, being very open and honest um, vocally in press conferences and interviews. He never put the blame on other people. He always put it on himself, saying how he needed to do better, saying Bill Belichick was a great coach. Could that have been a reason why Belichick wanted him to come back? Because Cam Newton will deal with Belichick's you know, bullshit? Possibly. Very possible. But... What does this mean now? Because like I said, I wanted the Patriots to draft a quarterback. Could they still draft a quarterback? Yes. Will they? I don't know. I really don't know. Now, 
Bill Belichick is most recently drafted. Jared Stidham in the third round, I believe it was. Drafted J- uh, Jimmy Garoppolo a few years prior to that in the second round. He hasn't drafted a first-round quarterback, obviously, because he hasn't needed to, nor would he want to, because Brady. But I still think it's on the table for the Patriots to move up and draft a quarterback, but is it likely? Probably not due to the situation that the Patriots face themselves in. And that situation is obviously still the same from last year, especially when we saw Cam Newton play very well early, early last year before he got COVID, is... Is Cam Newton the future of the quarterback? The future of the quarterback. Is the future quarterback of the Patriots? For at least a short term. Obviously, he was in 2020. Um, potentially going to be in 2021. But after that, I mean, he is over the age of 30, but he's still on the younger side of 30. And we've seen quarterbacks play well into their mid to late 30s. Alex Smith, Kirk Cousins now, Drew Brees, obviously, he just retired. Tom Brady, you look at Aaron Rodgers up there. Ben Roethlisberger, who just got another... Uh, contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers so it's not you know unlikely that he couldn't be the next you know the quarterback for the Patriots for the next five to six seven years right but what if I mean a lot of people are banking on the fact that Cam Newton you know fully recovers because they don't think he fully recovered from COVID didn't have any weapons a lot of opt-outs on the on the defensive side of the ball so you bring everybody back you retool the team Cam Newton gets a full, a absolute full year in the system where he came to the Patriots in like the middle of July, COVID shortened season, no training camp, and no preseason. So, you know, are things looking good for Cam Newton and the Patriots this year? Yes, but not like convincingly yes. I mean, I still think there's a lot of issues that, you know, Cam Newton faced last year that could still be the same thing this year, especially if the Patriots. Don't bring back, you know, or at least sign certain players or, you know, key positional players like a wide receiver, uh, tight end, which I will touch upon in, in a few minutes here. Plus the defense side of the ball. I mean, even with the opt outs, I mean, the defensive side of the ball still needs to be still needs to be revamped, especially the interior, the the front seven. So all in all, is Cam Newton the worst quarterback for the Patriots right now? No. Is he the best? No. I still think he can play very well. I hope he plays well. But what does that mean for Jared Stidham? Is he going to be the backup? Are they going to try to move him? What are they going to do with pick 15, which I'll kind of address a little bit more later on. But drafting a quarterback at 15 or moving up to take one is still on the board. It's still a possibility, but I feel like it's going to be a less of a possibility now than it was obviously before the Cam Newton signing. Could the Patriots take a quarterback in the third second or third round maybe sure yeah I mean like I said you look at Jimmy G Jared Stidham recently you know those are you know they were kind of you know early round picks that weren't number one so it's definitely possible that you know maybe Bill likes doesn't really like or doesn't feel that you know one of the top five I should you know kind of cross off Tara Lawrence you know one of the remaining four quarterbacks are a good fit or you know worth trading up to get where you can kind of just wait to like the second or third round to take your guy, especially if you feel like that guy is better than Stidham or, you know, better than Cam Newton. Because like I said, Cam Newton is not promised a starting position job just because he signed a one-year $14 million deal does not mean he's the starter. He could be the backup. He could be, you know, kind of like a, a funky special formation kind of guy and all that. So 
overall, very interesting move by the Patriots. $14 million. Was it worth it? I don't know. I think you might have been able to get a little bit less out of it. But if Bill likes the guy and he thinks that $14 million is worth it, then hopefully we can trust Bill. But you know, as the GM, past few years, I really haven't had a lot of trust. So we're just going to have to wait and see how this one plays out. But then again, I've been wrong before. I've been right before as it stands right now. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to another season of Cam Newton as much as I've been against it, as much as I've said I don't want Cam Newton back. If we can retool the offense and, re, and you know re, revamp the defense, then I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. I mean, doesn't mean you know we're going to be Super Bowl contenders. I mean, you still got the Chiefs. You still got the Bills. The Steelers going to be something. The Colts obviously got Carson Wentz, so they're going to be good. It's just going to – we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, as we get closer and closer to the draft, as we get, you know – through free agency, it's going to be interesting to see how the team shapes up. So, you know, once the team is kind of finalized leading up to the draft, I can give you a little bit more of a, a thought and take on Cam Newton moving forward. And then after the draft, of course, seeing what the Patriots, you know, draft, uh, who they draft, where they draft them, and who they take and such, I'll be able to give you a much better idea overall once all the kind of the major moves are done. But speaking about free agency, I do kind of want to go back because when I was uh, getting ready to record, you know, Get a text message from a couple friends. Shout out Andrew. Shout out Evan. That today, it was like like less than an hour ago. The 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 news you know came out, or maybe like two hours ago. But anyways, today the Patriots sign ex Titans tight end Johnu Smith to a four year fifty million dollar deal with thirty one point two five million dollars fully guaranteed. Now four years, you know, four divided by fifty, or I guess fifty divided by four is roughly twelve point five million per year. I don't know the exact details of the contract, if it's less early and more later, vice versa, but that's a thing that you can expect around 12.5 per year, but 31.25 is fully guaranteed no matter what over the course of a four-year $50 million deal. I like the move. I really do. I've been saying that the Patriots need to go out and get a tight end, and you know I've been kind of pointing to Hunter Henry a lot. Really haven't mentioned uh, Jonu Smith at all, but you know I definitely like it because he is the ninth best tight end or ranks ninth among tight ends since 2019 with a 74.2 pff or pro football focus grade um he's been really good titans you know he was really good last year for the titans early then he kind of got dinged up and kind of slowed down a little bit but in 2019 his breakout season was excellent dynamic Hopefully, with Cam Newton in the Patriots offense, he can excel and really shine. Obviously, with $31.25 million guaranteed, the Patriots are kind of hoping and banking on that. So, it's going to be very interesting. You can kind of cross Kyle Pitts off the Patriots radar. Kyle Pitts is projected to go everywhere on, you know, in like the early to mid first rounds between like two and three up to Patriots at 15. You can cross them off uh, the board because Patriots won't be, you know, loan, loan, no longer needing. Kyle Pitts because of the signing of Jonu Smith. Now, that does bring me to, what about um, Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene? The Patriots just took them last year, I believe in the third and fourth round, respectively. So what about them? I mean, Ryan Izzo was a seventh round pick two years ago in the draft. Now you have four tight ends on your roster. You have Matt Lacoste coming back, but I believe he is going to be out of the picture, which he absolutely should be because he absolutely sucks. But I really hope with Smith 
and Asiasi or Keen, one of them can really shine. You can get that one-two tight end because the Patriots' offense, I believe, is its absolute best when you have a tight end, two really good tight ends. Now, you obviously had Gronk and Hernandez for a bunch of years being you know those two guys. Then you have Gronk and Martellus Bennett, with, you know, obviously for that Super Bowl run against the 49ers. I'm sorry, not the 49ers. The Falcons was absolutely awesome to watch. Those two really you know, complemented each other very well. Smith is obviously you no know, Gronkowski. Asiasi and Keynes are you know still nobodies. But you know, obviously with COVID last year, not a full training camp, not no preseason games. You know, they were kind of dinged up a little bit early in the season. Hopefully, with a f- one full regular season, uh, regular off season, I should say, they can actually shine and you know perform to the way that we thought they were going to last year. The kind of bumps Ryan Izzo out and down. You could probably see him maybe get cut or you know just be you know inactive or traded or whatever. So it's very interesting to see Bill Belichick you know invest a lot of money into a tight end. Four years, fifty million dollar deal. Hunter Henry is still a free agent, so this kind of sets the framework for Hunter Henry and his agent to kind of you know propose to a interested team. I personally think Hunter Henry is better or at least will be better in the long run than Smith. So you could potentially see a Hunter Henry deal worth four years, maybe $55 million, $54. It'll be interesting to see where Hunter Henry goes and how much he gets, especially after this John o. Smith deal. Because if you know Hunter Henry is roughly around that you know four for 50, then maybe why didn't we go for Hunter Henry? Um, obviously they're not going to get both it was either one or the other I, I i like the signing i love the signing actually of john o. smith but you know i'm very interested to see what hunter henry will get because this is a good framework for hunter henry and his agent like i said to go with a t- uh, a deal or go into a deal with the team excuse me but anyways i'm very interested to see how the patriots tight end group is going to look next year with smith keen asiasi and potentially ryan Izzo. who knows Overall, this is a great step, great first, or I guess second step in rebuilding the Patriots offense. Obviously, Cam Newton being the first step, John O. Smith being the second step. It'll be just interesting to see where they go with the wide receiver position. If they bring back James White, what are they going to do there? I really hope that they do. James White is my favorite player on the Patriots. I would hate to see him go. He's exactly what they need from a pass, um, pass catching running back. I really think he helps glue that offense together because if the running game's not working you can just dump it off to white white can run receiver routes he's just really he's one of the top pass catching backs in the league at what he does so all that said i really hope that the patriots can still attack that offense with you know free agent signings it'll be interesting and exciting to see what they do for the remainder of free agency but Jono Smith is definitely a good deal for them. And speaking of free agent signings, also broke before I started recording was the Patriots signing nose tackle um, Devon Godchow. I don't really know how to say his name, but whatever. I tried to scour through Twitter to see if there was a video that you know said his name so I can get it correctly, and I wasn't able to, so whatever. Screw Twitter. Anyways, his 2020 season was shortened due to a bicep injury that ended his season. Overall, he is an incredible force at Nose Stackle. He really is. You know, I was watching a little bit of his film, like I said, on Twitter and on YouTube, and he is a powerful, powerful dude. 
He can get through the middle. He can get into the backfield. He can blow up run plays. He can get to the quarterback and just disrupt you know the the, the play itself in literally like a couple seconds, like two seconds max. It's unbelievable how how strong, how fast he is. And this is an insane signing for the Patriots, obviously, because they had no interior pressure at all from the front four. And this is a huge acquisition. So this deal is a two-year deal for roughly, or up to, I should say, $16 million. Um, the former Dolphins player where he played you know, previously comes up north, which you don't really see all too often, warm teams losing players to cold climate teams so it was very interesting and weird especially because i was just down in florida but nonetheless is this a good move or a bad move and i'm just going to answer this very simply this is a great move for them obviously it addresses the need at the interior d line like i mentioned and this is overall another massive shoe that drops for the patriots as they rebuild and retool their team for the upcoming season unbelievable you know bill belichick is really going balls to the walls here re-signing cam newton signing in smith Signing in, Godchow. I'm going to get that name right eventually. But I don't think Bell Belichick is done. I really don't. I think he has a, a lot way to go. I kind of want to see what the updated cap number for the Patriots is at the moment after those three moves. Um, it just all depends on you know how the deal shapes out for Smith and Godchow. But, you know... We wanted Bill Belichick to make moves, and he is. So we can't be mad, and you know we can't complain about who he's bringing in because who he's bringing in is what we need. We needed a quarterback. We brought Cam Newton in. We needed a tight end, so we brought in Jonu Smith. We needed front four pressure. We brought in you know Dave and Gottschow. I like so far what we have. Oh, there's the iPad that just went off. So excuse that. Turn that off real quick. All right, shut up. There we go. Let's keep going. So overall. I'm liking what I see so far. The Patriots are being aggressive in free agency. It's definitely going to be uh, very, very awesome to see more moves come, more you know players to be signed, more shoes to drop, players being traded, draft picks being traded, whatever it may be. I don't think it ends there because there are strong rumors. There's strong rumors surrounding the Patriots signing former Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay and former Ravens defensive end Yannick Nagakwe. And it's heating up. First, let me touch upon Kenny Galladay first. Uh, the former Lions wide receiver is a current free agent. And Patriots are expected, rumored, and are in the top three to sign Kenny Galladay. I don't know who the other two teams are, but looking up Patriots stuff, Kenny Galladay is there, and he's in the top three. Um, Patriots are in the top three to uh, sign him, I should say. That would be an insane move. Oh my god, that would be an insane move. So I saw something on, I think it was Twitter or Facebook, where through first 46 games, 40, I don't know, some 40-something games with the Detroit Lions. If you hear noise, it's Kim playing with Bogey upstairs. So I do apologize. I'll have to play back and see if, if that noise is there. If not, you probably just think I'm stupid. But anyways, I think it was the first 46 games career games with the Detroit Lions, they compared Kenny Galladay and Calvin Johnson, a.k.a. Megatron. And their stats are extremely similar. Like, extremely similar. It's it's close. I mean, Calvin Johnson has a little bit more in terms of receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns, but Kenny Galladay is right there, and that's scary. That really is, and that's exciting. So if the Patriots can land that, then you give Cam Newton, Jonu Smith, 
and Kenny Galladay. Hopefully, Julian Edelman can come back healthy and be a good number two. Like I said, you got James White hopefully coming back, which if he comes back, then A, even better. Hopefully, Nikhil Harry can take that next step, which we've been wanting him to do. Devin Asiasi, Don King, and one of them can emerge as that second tight end, and now you're looking pretty good. Oh, um, Jacoby Myers, who had a really good season last year. Maybe he becomes the third wide receiver, or maybe the second wide receiver, and Edelman takes a step down to the third. If Kenny Galladay comes into New England, now we're talking about the Patriots being a serious playoff contender team. We really are, especially with the other moves that they've made, especially you know if they potentially sign um, Yannick Nagagwe as well. Now the defense is looking even better, plus the opt-outs that come back. So it's like, whoa, whoa, Billy boy. You're taking us by surprise here because, you know, recently Belichick hasn't made big moves. I think the last big move they made was signing Stefan Gilmore a few years ago. But this year, oh, Bill Belichick is in it to win it. He saw Tom Brady win a Super Bowl without him. He was like, F that, Tommy boy. F that. We're going ha- to have to see. I mean, me being a Patriots fan aside, I would love to see Bill Belichick win another World Series just to keep the argument going of who made the dynasty, Brady or Belichick. Obviously, they were on the same team, so it was really hard to have that discussion. Was it Brady? Was it Bill? Was it just both? Obviously, Brady goes to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay wins the uh, Super Bowl in the first season. And it's like, all right, well, maybe Brady was the dynasty and Bill was just, you know, a sidecar. I mean, before Tom Brady, Bill Belichick was not that good of a coach in the playoffs. But if, you know, you know something kind of spews from this offseason, Patriots, you know, become good and they win the Super Bowl, now the conversation and the argument's back on, Bill Belichick or Tom Brady. So we're going to have to see. Now moving over to Yannick Nagakwe, just the same thing with uh, Dave and Gotchow. This would just bolster that front four even more. I think the days of John Simon, Lawrence Guy, uh Terrence, Bro- he's in the secondary, so he doesn't count. Shalik Calhoun, I think they might. Or Carl Davis, who you know played a little bit with us, I think those days are kind of gone, especially with um, Godchow and then maybe Yannick Nagakwe coming in. Uh, Adam Butler was also on the D line last year; he was a free agent. Now I kind of like Butler. He played really, really well last year for the Patriots, and then he played really, really well as well the second half of this year, um, not the first half, but the second half of this year. So. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how Belichick's able to manipulate the cap because obviously you only have so much money to spend on players. And when you addition out $14 million to Newton, then you addition out roughly 8 to Gotchow, and then 12 and a half roughly to John o. Smith. Depending on how the contracts worked and how you move, maneuver the cap, you know, it's gonna money's gonna start to catch up very, very quickly. So, you know, although the Patriots have the third highest salary cap to spend behind the Jets. And the, uh, I don't remember what the other team was. I think it was a trash team anyway. So, I mean, the Jets are. So, probably. It's going to catch up, though, very, very quickly. And it's just, uh, I keep saying, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be exciting. And I, I don't want to repeat myself, but that's just true. I mean, if the Patriots can bring in Yannick Nagakwe and Kenny Galladay, it's going to be an absolute power move for the team. But, you know, still talking about, you know, Nagakwe, it would just bolster that defensive defensive line even more with him coming off the edge you got him uh, I know Chase Winowich has kind of played a little bit of the outside linebacker position a little bit in 2020 
will we will we see him move back to the line with you know Hightower coming back and Patriots maybe drafting Micah Parsons? We'll have to see. But if you can go Winowich, Gotchow, and then Nagakwe coming off the edge, hey, now we're cooking. <laughs> now we're really cooking with that you know that front you know that's only three, but you know your front four. Wow, wow. And Jadavian Clowney's still out there, but you know they haven't really heard or read anything about the Patriots' interest in him at all. But this would be massive, dude. This would be so massive. They can just get one of those two guys. I would love them to get Kenny Galladay and then Yannick Nagakwe. So Galladay one, Nagakwe two. But just give me one of them. Just give me one of them, and that would be massive. And the Patriots are going to be really, really considered contenders. I mean, you're buying yourself back in, but that's really all you can expect to do at this point because your young players are, eh, your returning players are okay, but you got to make some moves because, you know, going 7-9 and just ain't going to cut it. It just ain't going to cut it. So anyways, after all of these moves and projected moves, what should the Patriots do at 15? I kind of alluded this before when I was talking about Cam Newton and what the Patriots should do at 15, draft a quarterback, wide receiver, or, you know, maybe, you know, uh, a defensive player in Parsons. That would be ideal for, at least in my opinion. But what do they do? What do they do? They address their wide receiver. They are addressing defense. Haven't addressed wide receiver, but I don't think any of the three wide receivers would be available come that 15th pick. I think on Thursday I mentioned how there was a mock draft of Devontae Smith dropping down to 15. I was like, get out of here. No way. If anything, it'd be Jalen Waddle. But you never know. I mean, could the Patriots trade up to get a wide receiver? Absolutely. Especially if they strike out on Kenny Galladay? Absolutely. Even if they score on Galladay. Imagine that. Kenny Galladay. Um, Devontae Smith. Julian Edelman. Jacoby Myers. Nikhil Harry. Then you got John U. Smith. Whew. Now that page, oh, and then you got Cam Newton throwing the ball. Hopefully, a fresh, brand new year, Cam Newton, full off season. Ooh, ooh, we're talking good. We're feeling sexy over here in New England on the offensive side of the ball. But realistically, though, realistically, let's just say they stay at fifteen. Let's just say they stay at fifteen, which, okay, more than likely is probably true. I just don't think the Patriots have enough ammo or want to spend the assets to move up. Who should they take at 15? I still think that they should go quarterback, but there's going to be no quarterback there. Now, if there is, let's just say Justin Fields drops or Mac Jones drops, then go. Get your quarterback for the future and go. Say none of the quarterbacks are on the board, none of the wide receivers are on the board, then go defense. Absolutely go defense. Get your quarterback in another round. Get your, you know, if you want to go wide receiver in another round. I feel like if you dra- if you sign Galladay, you're not going to need to draft one at least early. So it's going to kind of depend on what what we get here with Galladay. If we can bring him bring him in or not. A lot of people think Micah Parsons will be on the board for the Patriots at 15 linebacker. I mentioned him last week. I really like what I see in his film from Penn State. Best linebacker on the board. Best linebacker in the draft as it is now. bringing him in, then pairing him with Dante Hightower, just bolstering that front seven even more. Uh, I know I kind of go back and forth between front four and front seven. So your front four is your defensive line. You got your two defensive ends and then two defensive tackles. 
So sometimes you'll have two ends, one tackle, and a linebacker come on the line. So that's your front four, basically whoever's on the line of scrimmage. Then your front seven includes those guys and then three other linebackers playing usually within the box, which is like within five yards from the line of scrimmage. Then your secondary, your safety, are your cornerbacks and safeties. So I just want to clarify for those that may not pick up or understand what I mean by front four and front seven. So Dave and Godchow and Yannick Nagakwe would be a part of your front four. And then Micah Parsons, Dante Hightower would be a part of your front seven because they're linebackers. So just a little clarification right there. But anyways, I really would love to see Micah Parsons, especially if we do stay at 15. And obviously, like I said, it's going to depend if the Patriots can bring in a receiver, whether it's Galladay or not. I don't think like I don't think the Patriots will trade up. I don't expect them to. Would they? And if they do, it should be for a quarterback or a wide receiver, nothing else. I would absolutely hate. Now I've heard a little bit of, you know, chatter that they would go for something stupid like a like a center or a guard, and especially if they're gonna lose Tooney and David Andrews. And speaking about them, which I don't want to go on a tangent, but they need to bring back David Andrews. I really think they should. I mean, obviously, the Patriots are spending money on free agencies, so are we going to have enough to bring them back? Patriots didn't, you know, franchise tag either of them. But that offensive line is not going to be good without a good center. And obviously, you have Shaq Mason on the right side, so one of your guards is good, and it would be stupid to pay two guards. But I think paying your center would be a very smart decision for them. I'm getting a little, ooh, talking about the Patriots, and it feels good. Feels good. I've talked, you know, you know, relatively bad about the Patriots, or you know, kind of in desperate hope of the Patriots. But you know, they're making the moves right now, and I'm starting to feel good about it. I'm feeling hopeful for the 2021 season, and I you should too, and you should too. You really should because off season just started, free agency just started. A lot of shoes are yet to drop. Like I said, in trades, signing, you know, players getting released, drafts coming up in a month or so. It's a good time to be a Patriots fan right now. And, you know, we're in a different situation than we're used to. But it's like, okay, you know, everyone's counting us out. So let's let's let them keep doubting us because everyone expected the Patriots to be in the championship or the Super Bowl game. People aren't expecting that this year. So it's just a you know, different side of things, you know, that us as Patriots fans aren't used to. But it's going to be, uh, it's going to be nice and it's going to be ha, 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 ha. If the Patriots can come back and, you know, be very good next year and, you know, kind of make all the haters like I was last year, um, get slapped in the face. But nonetheless, a ton of Patriots stuff, you know, we talked about this episode. And there's going to be more Patriots stuff to come out over the course of this week and next week as free agency, you know, gets rolling and gets really heated up with players going off the board. But before I end this episode, before I wrap it up, I do want to kind of make a quick note of my trip down to Florida beautiful state, beautiful weather down there. It was like upper 70s, low 80s the entire time, day and night. Um, And it was awesome this time of year to have what felt like to me hot weather. Uh, Where I was, I was right by the St. Louis Cardinals and the Florida Marlins Spring Training Complex because they share a complex together. And it was walking distance from my friend John's house. And driving by, we drove by because we were going somewhere. Got a little footage of the Marlins practicing and that'll be on my vlog for the Florida trip. That'll be on my YouTube channel. So if you want to, you know, check that out, definitely go do that when it's out in a couple of days. But I just want to kind of touch upon it because it's a sports sports podcast and, you know, 
Always want to see the Red Sox spring training. Never have. Hopefully will soon. But since, you know, baseball is right around the corner, baseball is heating up. It was nice to see a little bit of baseball going on in person because I haven't seen a baseball game in a long time. And even though it was the Marlins practicing, it felt good to just hear the snap and the pop of the glove. Ooh, and if you've played baseball, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But anyways, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am truly appreciative of everyone downloading, everyone listening, and everyone enjoying. If you enjoyed this episode and you're watching on YouTube, please, if you haven't, leave a like rating down below and comment any and all thoughts that you have about this episode. If you're watching on audio-only platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, whatever it may be, reach out to me on social media, on Twitter, or on Instagram at Murph's underscore Boston ST where the ST stands for sports talk. Yeah, yeah. But until then, until hump day's episode on Wednesday, you know it, you love it. I will see you later. As I end recording this damn episode, I get an alert from ESPN. (laughs) This happened to me once before, and it it low-key pisses me off because I, I like to just kind of talk about it all in one swing and kind of, you know, talk about it as a group to give a collective thought about everything going on. But anyways, I do have to talk about it now because literally as I hit end, I get the alert. So I have to add this on towards the end of the episode. But nonetheless, the Patriots make another splash in free agency. And this literally kind of affects my take that I had about what the Patriots should do with their you know 15th overall pick in the draft. And the Patriots sign linebacker Matt Judon to a four-year, $56 million deal, including $32 million guaranteed. So average, that's $14 million a year. Um, What does that mean for the Patriots? Well, like I was saying at the end of the episode, how, oh, it would be nice if the Patriots drafted Micah Parsons. I think that would be a good fit. It seems like they're not going to because they just invested $54 million into a, a linebacker. And Matt Judon playing for the Ravens. Uh, outside linebacker was very, very good. Um, he comes off the edge very nicely. He'll probably be a down linebacker, so he'll be on the front four with um, David Godchow and probably Chase Winowich, I would assume. Um, now, does, do the Patriots go after Yannick Nagakwe? More than likely not, so you can probably cross him off the board. I think that you can still keep Kenny Galladay on the board, though. I really think so. So as frustrating as it was to have a thought about you know, what the Patriots should do at 15, you know, especially with the moves that they just made, you know, although I did make a, a sidebar note of, you know, Patriots aren't done yet. So there's still a lot of options there. Patriots re-sign a quarterback or they sign a quarterback. Patriots sign a linebacker. You know, I personally thought their big three needs were his quarterback, wide receiver, and, you know, a linebacker. And they seem to gotten two of them. If they sign Kenny Galladay, I have no idea what they'll do at 15. At that point, they'll probably just trade out of the pick, to be honest. But it seems like, you know, if Kenny Galladay does go to New England, then what, 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 what I look like a fool because I've been saying that they need a quarterback, wide receiver, and a linebacker, and now they've already checked all those boxes off. But I don't think the Patriots are close yet to signing Kenny Galladay, although he is in, the Patriots are in his top three landing spots. But we're just going to have to see. Patriots are making moves left and right. They're spending money like it's no tomorrow. So a lot of stuff is to yet to come out yet. Obviously, as frustrating as it was to wrap up the episode with all my takes and thoughts collectively, I do kind of have to uh, go on a little limb here and give you my thoughts about this. So, like I said, Matt Judon, pass rusher for the Ravens. Very 
awesome signing for the Patriots. You know, they're revamping that defense. They're going to be studs next year on the defensive side of the ball. And if the Patriots can bring in Galladay, man, oh my goodness, this team would be so sexy. They would have to be, have to be a top three favorite to win the um the Super Bowl. I would think. I mean, I I'm going to talk about this in the next episode, but if they make Galladay a Patriot, they ha- have to be a top three favorite to win the Super Bowl. Okay, you know what? Top five, a top five favorite to win the Super Bowl. Because I'm a firm believer that you can't just buy a championship. And I don't think you can. Now, in baseball, you probably can. But football, I don't think so. But there's definitely some food for thought between now and hump days, Wednesday's episode. So I guess I'll just have to do the outro all over again. Thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying. And until next time, until Wednesday's episode, I can't wait to see what else happens between now and then for the New England Patriots in terms of signing players, trading players, and whatever they're doing. But until next time, see ya. Hopefully, we'll see. All right, bye. This is not being staged. I promise you. I, oh my God, I literally ended just wrapping up the fact that the Patriots signed Matt Judon and I click end and the damn ESPN app notifies me that the New England Patriots signed Jalen Mills to a four-year, $20 million contract, including $9 million guaranteed. If we want to do the math, 24 divided by 4 is 6, so it's a relatively cheaper contract that kind of replaces the Marcus Cannon money, so call that a fair wash. But oh my goodness, the Patriots are going ham this offseason, and I swear to God, I swear to God, if I click end and I go to upload this, this you know file into iMovie and into Red Circle and I get another damn report that the Patriots make a signing, I am going to flip my shit. I really am. So for those who don't know, I guess I'll go over it. Jalen Mills is a safety, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles. He comes over here to the New England Patriots, helps solidifies the Patriots' defense even more. That kind of shows me that I don't think they're moving on from Devin McCourty. I don't think so. But, you know, could they be potentially moving on from Patrick Chung? Maybe. Are they going to be giving Jalen Mills a massive, a bigger role? Absolutely. I hope this means Terrence Brooks isn't coming back because I absolutely hate him. I don't think he's good. Uh, he, you know, he blew a couple, you know, pass coverages in the end zone, allowing touchdowns a couple times in the 2019 season. So that means I, you know, from ever since then, I just don't like him at all. But hopefully... You know, with Jalen Mills, that'll give the Patriots two deep safeties. You still got Kyle Duggar. You still have Patrick Chung as of now. Adrian Phillips, maybe. I don't know the situation with him and the Patriots, but we're definitely going to have to keep an eye on the Patriots because Bill Belichick is just firing, absolutely firing on all, all cylinders. So just to recap the Patriots, the Patriots signed Cam Newton. Patriots signed Jonu Smith. The New England Patriots sign David Gottschow. The Patriots sign Matt Judon. The Patriots sign Jalen Mills. Bill, what else are you going to do? Like, holy smokes, just get me Kenny Galladay now. Get me Kenny Galladay, please. All right, last time, hopefully, I'm going to end it and it's going to be like, oh, the Patriots signed someone else. Hopefully... 
you know, give me a little bit of time in between. Holy smoke. All right. Thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I can't wait to see you on Wednesday Hump Day's episode of my Boston Sports Talk. But until then, as always, I will see you later. Maybe. We'll see. I don't really know. But <laughs> I don't know. At this point, I'll probably be coming back again with something else. But see ya. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.